So I've got to thank Mark for introducing me to Lindsay last year. And this all happened because of this community, because we bring people together to have conversations just like this. And we, we bring it all out on the table and we challenge each other. We ask interesting questions. And Mark said, you need to meet Lindsay Reg. Um, I said, yeah, sure, of course, let, let, jump on the phone. Lindsay tells me her story. I literally was like, stop everything. This is a podcast. We recorded that podcast last October and I recently told Lindsay, she skyrocketed. She's the number one podcast we've ever done, Jason, for listens, uh, unique listens. I mean, Lindsay, congratulations. Your story is powerful and inspiring and amazing. And I am so happy to see you topple all of these CEOs and business leaders and all of these, like it's your story that's powerful because it's different, it's human. And so thank you for being here. And I would just love to introduce you to everybody. And let's put a link to the podcast out there also so we get make sure yeah. everyone here listens to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So Lindsay, congratulations on your college graduation. Will you kind of share your story, you founded 321 Coffee as a freshman in college. Let's just sort of go back to that. What inspired that? Yeah, we can totally rewind. Um, and for anyone listening, if you're an NC State fan, go pack. <laughs> yes, just wow. graduated. So yes, I started 321 Coffee uh, my freshman year in school. I had come to school actually wanting to go into the medical world. I was studying biomedical engineering, very like spending my weekends on ambulances very deep into the medical space. Um, but I had this really big passion for inclusion and specifically neurodiversity inclusion. Um, many of my friends growing up were individuals with different disabilities. And when we all hit graduating high school, I was just on the come up of sort of what was next, whereas there was such a lacking of opportunities for them. And so that was really the root cause of why I wanted to start 321 Coffee. Um, I was a freshman. I was new to the business. I was new to startups. I was new to coffee. I don't drink coffee. So like everything was new. It was never really part of this like grand master plan, um, but it was so fun. And we got to meet amazing people in the disability community and the business community and the startup world. Um, shout out Mark and, mm -hmm. you know, just really had a great experience growing it from truly the ground up. I love it. And, and when you told your story on the podcast, you know, grow, growing up with, with friends with various disabilities, there are accommodations, there are adaptive sports, there are services and programs in the classroom to make sure that people get the aid and support they need. There are, you know, pl places and resources and networks to um, to provide accommodation. And then that kind of stopped. Like it was, I actually had never really thought about that before. And then that stops. There, there we don't necessarily we don't extend those things beyond into the professional or the business world. And eighty percent, eighty percent of people with disabilities, well, don't have a job and will never. Yeah. Um, that, that's a, that's astounding. That's actually staggering. And even those who do find gainful employment for lots of reasons that like people want to work for all of those fulfilling reasons we just looked at. It's not just income, which is also an, an, sometimes a necessary reason to work, but it's all of the other things that it does for us. And, and so there's like a dignity that comes with work. Like, why don't I get to have that experience too? And so for even the, for the 20% that find jobs, I mean, you made the, you know, shared the example, it might be cleaning bathrooms in a grocery store. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but what if that's, what if they want more? What if they want something different? Who is going to give them that opportunity? You did, you founded a business 
just for that reason, to give them that kind of opportunity. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you're spot on like the, so much that comes with work, it's community. It's um, having something where you can contribute and where you feel like you are an important part of something that's huge for yourself with pride, esteem and everything. And, you know, that's, there was a lot lacking there. And I mean, just like you said, it's great when those 20% do get a job, but if it's just cleaning bathrooms and they want more, but they're not getting that, okay, then we're not doing something right. And so that's, you know, we're, that's why we started 321. I'm so proud of the people we've been able to bring onto our team. And I'm even more proud of how we're now engaging with other companies to help them, um, you know, our employees use 321 as a stepping stone for further inclusion. Somebody's so, asking why 321. There is a reason. So I, was gonna, I was actually going to. So, Lindsay, I was I did a, got to do a podcast yesterday on entrepreneurship and um, I was able to talk a little about my career. And one of the things that they asked me is, why did you name the company LeapGen? You know, mm -hmm. our story is very deliberate. You know, Leap stands for love, energy, audacity, proof. Love what you do, which gives you energy to do the audacious and to prove value. Um, it goes back to the you know, the question that just kind of teed up is, you know, why why did you know? And, and this is from one of our great community members in India. Um, why three, two, one? Yeah. So, uh, sort of a little known fact, I suppose, but again, very purposeful. Um, the three, two, one represents Down syndrome, which is the third copy of the twenty first chromosome. So it's really just keeping that at the forefront of who we are, why we are, what, why we do what we do. Um, and so actually a lot of our branding, if you come to our shop, if you go on our website, we have a graphic and it sort of just looks like colorful lines and dashes, um, but it's representative of chromosome mapping, again, tying into the, the 321. I don't know if anyone else just felt it, but the minute you said that, I felt like a amazing feeling. I'll just say an amazing feeling, like a tingling um, when you said that. So, um, so special. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So here you are, freshman in college. You're not pursuing the business world at all, but you say out loud, I think I'd like to start a business. What happened next? Well, really, I said, I think I'd like to start a coffee shop. And for me, that was very different than starting But why coffee when you don't even like coffee? Yeah. Like, what? I mean, that was because I had seen someone else do it. And I was like, I bet we could pull off something like that. You know, it was like complete, like, freshmen a mix of like overachieving and naivety and we were just like yeah like let's see what we can do and so we sat down and we we're like okay we need a name and then someone was like down syndrome like third copy three two one how about three two one coffee and we're like perfect yep like moving on to the next challenge and we're like all right we need a logo and so i'm like i've got it you know my sweet mate at the time is in graphic design studies like i'll just get her help and like she'll use photoshop and we'll come up with something and like that was how we got our first logo so it was like total bootstrap following our noses sort of getting into this world of business and Fortunately, we now have a lot more strategy. We've learned so much. We've gotten to connect with amazing mentors to learn from them. We've watched a lot of YouTube videos, read a lot of books, um, but we've really come a long way since then. Oh, I love it. So you have, it looks like you're there. Are you at the coffee shop today? No, I was oh. there. I was just there. So I'm in my one work uniform, but I'm at a co-working space in Raleigh. Kyle Holiday, one of our LeapGen employees, was also at your coffee shop this morning. He lives That's right so in Raleigh. Cool. I know. We'll bring him on shortly and he can tell us how his experience was. Oh, incredible. Um, and so you've got the coffee shop. You were going to open a second location, but then COVID hit and all that. But you got into roasting. So you're expanding the business. You get into roasting. I love what you told me during our podcast. Every time 
you make a purchasing decision, you're voting for the kind of world, the kind of society you want to create. Purchasing power is is power. I mean, that that's an incredible way to vote with your values almost. Um, and so you've been getting a ton of requests. I mean, is that still the case? I feel like I'm doing a where are they now? Like, is that still the case? Businesses want to purchase your coffee. Enterprises, you know, people want to purchase your coffee because it feels, it's great coffee, I have no doubt, uh, but it feels good. It feels good to support a mission like yours. So what's what's the state of, the, of that right now? Yeah, absolutely. So Jess, you set it up perfectly that, I mean, it's that quote that I really do love. Every time you spend a dollar, you're voting for the type of world you want to live in. And it can be done on an individual basis. You know, if you're going to go buy a gift for somebody, are you going to order it on Amazon? Or are you going to go to a local, you know, minority owned store? Do you need a cup of coffee? Are you going to Starbucks? You come into us. Um, and in doing that, you're True, you're giving someone business, you're giving someone employment, and that's really significant, especially in today's world. And so we're seeing it on the individual level, just at our shop with customers. But yeah, with we so sort of context for all of this, I guess it was yeah, February and March of 2020, we were literally about to sign a lease to open our second storefront location in downtown Raleigh. And it was like, on Monday, we're reviewing the lease terms. And on Tuesday, COVID's in Raleigh, everything's shut down. We're like, oh, we'll just revisit that in a couple of weeks. And here we are. Um, so our pivot was we were like, well, if we can't bank on people coming into the shop because they are literally being told to stay home, um, we can send coffee to people. So we uh, started roasting our own coffee. We started selling online. Then we started having businesses ask if we could sell to them, which was like this whole world that we had never been able to play with before or consider. Yes, there's our shop. Okay, well, since this is up, I'm going to give a plug. <laughs> order some coffee. Um, yes. A subscription so you can stay caffeinated. Um, and we actually have a promo going on right now. If you sign up for this subscription and use the code bring321 to me, um, I'll put it in the chat. You can get your first order free. Oh my God. Amazing. Would, love, would absolutely love for you guys to sign up for our, your subscription. We're trying to hit all 50 states. I think we're currently in, I think last I checked, it was 24. So especially if you guys are some out of staters, please order. Our baristas always get excited when we get to send coffee to other places. Amazing. Um, yeah. Thank you. I love, thank you everyone who's been in the chat who just said that they've been ordering coffee. That means so much. Um, that is so incredible. This is awesome. So, yeah. And so I guess, Jess, this is a long way of answering your question on where are we now with, um, especially in the B2B space of partnering with businesses, it's going so well and we're thrilled with that. So we've got 10 active um, partners here in the area. We're working with Pendo, Cisco, Happy and Hale to name a few. Um, and we're just seeing that companies are recognizing that if they're going to buy coffee, you know, by buying from us, they're making that impact and they're championing that diverse supply chain, which is really significant. Jason, isn't this incredible? It it is. I'm buying coffee now. Just <laughs> I love it. Yes, so I, you know, not a lot of people know about like the habits in the office here, but um, well, I guess I can. Ha I have it right here. It's, I know you brought me mine. Yeah, it's the caribou. A caribou just lost a bunch of business. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. This is our new office coffee now. Right. Um, so uh, I'm sorry, I was not paying attention. I was ordering. So um, I love it. I love get it. Back. Yeah. So, but yeah, amazing, amazing story. So, uh, Lindsay, uh, so just really quickly on a personal front. So I have a 16 year old and a 13 year old. 
um, two boys and quite entrepreneurial um, themselves, which I think a lot of kids are. Um, but I'd love to know, like, what do your, what does your family think about this? Um, like, is your, where did you get that, that blood quote unquote to, to, is it from family or is it completely not related? Yeah. So I would, I, that's an interesting question. Um, it my job, blood. my job is to ask questions that I have no idea if I'm going to look like an asshole or not. So, <laughs> um, it, it, I hope I didn't go somewhere I shouldn't have gone. No, my family is great. I'm just trying to, like, we've come a long way. Like when I first started this, they were like, okay, like that's great, Lindsay. But it was sort of like the, all right, yeah, sure. You're going to do this. Like it was mm -hmm. one of those, I sort of have a lot of ideas. Like I'm like, mom, I've got an idea. Like, let's go skiing tomorrow. Like, you know, it's, and sometimes we pull it off and sometimes we don't. So I think at first it was a little bit of like, okay, this is just sort of another one of Lindsay's ideas. Um, but then when it came time to, like when it got serious and I was like, yes, like I want to do this. Like they were there with me. Like our whole living room turned into like a home manufacturing and we were ironing on like printed like labels from Amazon onto our aprons the night before our first event. You know, it was, they stepped up and they still do, which is just so significant. And I think that really what prepared me to do all of this was that like throughout my life, they've always been very much like, go do what you want to do. And, you know, I was never, I get asked a lot, you know, did you do a lot of lemonade stands as a kid? And no, I didn't. <laughs> but I did like, I put on dance recitals with my two younger sisters and I organized like neighborhood wide hide and go seek games because I loved hide and seek. And there was just, you know, I, I had a lot of people support me on like, if you've got an idea, like go do it. Even if it's like a fun game of hide and seek, like there's no reason that you need us parents to organize this. If like you are capable of get gathering the troops and saying, here are the rules and here are the boundaries and let's go play. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that having the confidence that like it can be me and I don't necessarily need to rely on an adult um, was what gave me a lot of the confidence to start this freshman year. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a great story. So, so Lindsay, you know, there's a bunch of, as Jess would call us, old people on here, um, you know, that, you know, grew up in this thing called HR, where we, you know, yeah. were focused on making sure people got paid. You know, we were worried about risk and compliance and things like that. And really, in the last 18 months, or longer for a lot of people, but really in the last 18 months, the world has shifted to take the more human side of that word HR and human resources. Hey, tell me about a little about what you do for your employees. Um, you know, how do your employees feel working with you? Um, you know, how do you just what's that? What does it feel like to be an employee of three, two, one? Yeah. So I think that like our employees and our people are, I mean, like in so many companies, like that's what's the life and blood of three, two, one. And that's what makes us who we are. And so it is so amazing to see the pride that a lot of these employees take just in being able to be being referred to as an employee like for many this is their first job and this is their first paycheck and that's really significant and sort of on top of that like the sense of collaboration and teamwork that we get you know on a beautiful saturday where it's a great day in raleigh the sun's out like our shop is bustling which is awesome but it's like okay people like all hands on deck like start cranking out the espresso shots start steaming the milk all of that stuff um and it's that sense of, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do this together. And I think that that's such a fun part of who we are. And I mean, the, I use the word fun a lot, but it's truly like, I think such a core value of 321 is that 
we're going to be a fun place to be both for customers and for employees. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to have fun when I'm at the shop, if I'm just stopping in to say, Hey, or if I get called in to manage, um, I want my employees to have fun. You know, we've got a playlist that plays and it's a combination of all of our staff's favorite songs. And wow. so it's got everything from like Phantom of the Opera, Hannah Montana, some country songs. Like you never know what's going to come on. Yeah. Um, but like, if it's your song, dance to it, right? Like have fun. And if the, customer like if they are a huge music theater person and phantom of the opera comes on like pass them the mic and let them sing and i think that that culture is so important for keeping the energy levels high um and keeping people around yes um hey just really quickly just a quick update we since you've been on here we've got colorado new jersey and minnesota so if those aren't part of your states i now, think minnesota is a new one I okay. have had New Jersey, although I appreciate the reorder. But yeah, <laughs> so now we are officially theoretically at 25 states. Perfect. <laughs> That's so awesome. Thank you guys. And thank you all for this, like the kind words that you guys have been leaving in the chats. It means a lot for, for me and the team. So um, yeah, go. Oh, Utah's just added. Utah, also. I don't think we've had Utah either. And this Texas. Is so cool. this, <laughs> this, this is, is a fun game. More often. Uh, Arizona. Like, oh, look, Arizona. Like I feel oh like I'm, gosh, I could be on QVC. I could be like that QVC <laughs> person. The telethon. There's only five left. No, just kidding. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so Lindsay, the other question I was going to ask you just about that. Oh, Georgia's now too. Um, so the other thing I was just going to ask about that question is how do people, so I got some inside information that you do a lot with the football team, um, you know, NC state and things like that, but you know, because we don't get to see the store, you know, I know that, and there's the digital component I get, but how do people know why in the store, why you're doing this? Like when they come in, do they know that you're doing that? Like what they know what three, two, one stands for, or is yeah. this another cup of coffee? No, that's a great question. So one of the things that I think is pretty cool about 321 is that the name, I mean, we all now know the significance, but for many, it's just a cup of coffee, right? And so sometimes people will be walking by and they're like, oh gosh, like, thank God, coffee, I just need some caffeine. So in they come. And all of a sudden they're standing in front of someone with autism at the cash register. And, you know, you can see them, they start, start looking around and then they see someone with Down syndrome who's chatting with the customers while they wait for their drinks and you know they see someone with spina bifida working on the espresso machine and it's just this very inclusive culture and it's this eye-opening experience that like people come in and they're like wait a second like this is really collaborative and it's working and i think that that's so significant and what i really like about the coffee industry is that it is a very like hangout space and you can talk wait and you chat and you bring your friends and i think in doing that, you're forming just regular relationships with people who may be different than you. And, you know, you're realizing like, oh, we both have a birthday this upcoming weekend. And, oh, I just got this cake pop. Like you love cake pops too. You know, it's, it's genuine. And you're starting to shift your perspectives, especially if someone doesn't have prior experience interacting with people with disabilities, you know, they just see it as different, but then you start to realize all the commonalities. Oh my God. I could not love this more. It's a lot of fun. So we have, you know, this community is full of of HR people, people who are responsible for workforce programs and policies and designs and tools and that kind of thing. Um, it might be intimidating to consider the accommodation, the changes 
and the accommodations that might be required to create this kind of diverse workforce, to support this kind of diverse workforce. I like take diversity, like everyone requires respect, dignity, accommodation. I mean, this is really no different. We talk about humanizing work, but we assume that it means a certain thing for like fully abled people. Let's make sure that they can thrive. What we're talking about is humanizing work for all who can and choose to participate in the best way that they can. Um, that's why I say if, if we take the right approach to designing work for people, it actually solves a whole bunch of other stuff too. So tell me, talk a little bit about that if you, I mean, you still, you offer training, you offer, you know, orientation and onboarding and stuff, but that's the same things we do for, for in our workforces every single day for every single employee. Is it vastly different? So first I just have to give Jody and Donna a quick highlight and shout out because I think they're now planning a road trip to Raleigh, which is like <laughs> the best, so come visit us. Um, but then just, yeah, I mean, I get asked all the time, like, how do you do this? Like, how do you hire people? Like, how do you find them? And like, mm -hmm. no, it is not vastly different. And that's what I think is so like important to just be understood that like, we just hired a manager who's neurotypical. We did nothing different in hiring her than when we hired our baristas who are neurodiverse. Um, and yes, we do make adaptations within the shop for people and their individual needs, but that's just like what we would do with anybody else like, right. to your point that's got those needs. And so I think that there's so many little things, you know, when you hear like accessibility and being compliant, you know, you just sort of like start getting stressed about like all of the different codes and regulations of like, how do you do this? And so you just don't even attempt, but really yeah. there's not that much. There's so many little things that you can do to make yourself inclusive from a marketing standpoint, from an operation standpoint, recruiting. I mean, if you're going to post a video, are you going to incorporate closed captions into it? Mm -hmm. that's, like that takes two minutes and sometimes now a lot of the programs are even doing them for you. Um, you know, little things like that. I mean, we talk in the DEI space as a whole, like are your pronouns in your um, signature link, mm -hmm. you know, like little things like that that are just normalizing inclusivity and diversity. And how do you attract diverse talent, which I think is really big. And it's something that's so interesting to me right now where so many companies are talking about the labor shortage and just not having people that are willing to come into the office and or wherever they are, where their work is. And I'm sitting here with a wait list of up to 40 people wanting to work what? one. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's people out there. You just need to look for broaden who you're recruiting by. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just said that. Yeah. So you have a waiting list of people to work. It's like every single, I can't go to a coffee place without them before they ask me what I want. Do I need a job? Right. Right. Or they'll say it's going to take a while because we don't have enough like staff because of the labor, labor shortage. Like, no, mm -hmm. there's people out there that want to work. You just need to make it known that they have a spot in your company. Oh, my heart might actually explode and I might fall on the floor during this conversation. Oh, Lindsay, I love this so much. So now you graduate from college. What's what's next? Congratulations. There's already some people on here that want to buy franchises. So uh, uh, yes, more I don't know if that's the model, but it'll be a good discussion. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a franchise package ready to roll, but it's on our radar. Um, so I'm really excited. Myself and my co-founder, Michael Evans, are both going to be joining the company full-time. 
Um, and let me tell you, I'm like three weeks in and being able to do this and not be like, oh, did I submit that? English paper is so <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, but we've got, we're super excited. I mean, every day I just, I feel very fortunate that I wake up excited to for what's going to come in the day. And I usually go to bed really excited of what happened in the day. Um, we're working on opening and that we're getting back to that storefront location, especially now that there seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we are working with other companies now, both in becoming their office supplier and with one in particular, and that's sort of leading to a couple more. We're talking with them about putting an actual 321 coffee in their headquarters. So similarly to how you'll see like a Starbucks in yeah. our, or in a grocery store, like a 321. Um, and it's going to let, you know, these other employees have 321 as a part of their everyday life at work, which I'm so excited for in a number of reasons. So we've got both of those things in the works. Um, we're working on partnerships with some other coffee distributors to start expanding our reach. I am very interested in sort of looking into the licensing to franchising to partnering with other coffee shops and using existing infrastructure to really start spreading this reach, because I think that inclusion it's got to exist in three, two, one, but it's got to exist everywhere. So, Lindsay, one of our one of a uh, person that's online a lot with us in the community, John, you know, so as an autistic person, I'm so glad to hear that you let everyone be themselves. I had to mask, quote unquote, to get through my career, and it was exhausting. So, love that comment. Um, yeah. Um, if Kyle is on, by the way, Kyle was in your store this morning. If oh, let me let me try to bring him on. Yeah. Um, gosh, Lindsay, I'm just so impressed by you. What help do you need? We have a massive community here whose like heart is bleeding right now for you. What help do you need? Um, we are really trying to spread these business to business collaborations. So whether it's just being an office supplier, we've got the big wholesale bags of coffee we can ship them every, anywhere. Um, if it is a place, especially locally, where we've got some existing you know, set up with baristas uh -huh. and such. We'd love to bring our staff over to different businesses just for a coffee hour on an hourly basis. I was actually at with NC State Football this morning. Um, if, if it's building out these uh, cafes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so in our cafes, in other offices, like these sorts of things are huge. And Kyle, uh -huh. I love that you're NC State, and I really love that you went to three, two, one this morning. <laughs> Yeah, um, so I'll do a plug for a second. So brought back a mug. Incredible. Got, uh, got some coffee. Oh, my God. Amazing. And got one of my daughters a, uh, or actually we'll be sharing a T-shirt. So, oh, yeah. I love it. Everyone can go so buy cool. it. I know. Um, no, we get I'm so jealous, you guys, and I'm drinking out of this stupid Starbucks. <laughs> I I need to you got to get a better one. Yes, for sure. Yes. Yes. Actually, um, we no, should put Lindsay's stuff in our Leap Gen swag store. For sure. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And we can make the bag. Okay, so this is another plug. And we can do this with Leap Gen. We can do this with any company. We can make the coffee bags co-branded. So Done. we can incorporate like, your name, your logo. <laughs> and then you can send them to employees. You can send them as giveaways, gifts, like oh my members, God. investors. Yeah. Ugh. Done. Oh, goodness. Great. This Kyle. is great. <laughs> How was your coffee, Kyle, this morning? It was amazing. And Lindsay, you, you may, I may get it wrong. I, I call it the wrong name every time. I think it's Amanda's Latte. Is it the one that has the cream with the blue and red sprinkles? Amanda's um, American so yeah. Latte. Yes. Yep. Very, very good. No, we um, we take our daughters there about any time we go to the farmer's market in Raleigh. 
And so it's always a, it's such an amazing experience. And I mean, the coffee's great, but it's, you know, even with masks on, you can see the, the bright and shining, smiling faces. And it's just always the best experience. Um, and I like people watching and stepping back and seeing people interact. It's always, it, it's the best. So yeah, kudos to you. It's it always is such a good time. Thank you. That's so, so awesome. You, I'm just curious. And, and once again, I, I, of course, you know, none of this is scripted. Um, do you, have you ever brought your kid? Like, what do your kids understand? Uh, so I'm, I, I would love my kids. I'm, I'm going to have them watch this like before they do anything tonight. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'd love to hear a little about like, do kids understand this? And, and even to Lindsay, like, how do you tell this story to, to the two younger kids that you want to inspire? Yeah. So, um, for my daughters, um, they're nine and five. And so I remember the first time I took Grace Ann, um, you know, we have friends that, um, you know, for them, we, we just describe it as, you know, they're unique. They have their own things that make them up. You know, they're different than us in different ways. Um, but then when I took her to the shop, I think it was the first time they had seen someone who, you know, may have had something that made them different in that way that um, saw them in, you know, a role where they were allowed to, you know, they had um, had their own responsibilities and they were able to do things on their own. And, you know, it, it was such a good way because I know when I grew up, it, you didn't see that ever. I mean, you, you saw them as, you know, they may have, um, you know, they they didn't have the opportunities to actually be themselves and be independent. And so I had, you know, probably ideas growing up that had to change. Well, you're tearing down that wall for my daughters. Um, they're able to go in and see them as exactly as just um, equal human beings and have their own responsibilities and their own things, their own opportunities. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've, you know, I've had those conversations with my daughter, but they're just like, oh, it's, they're, they're just people. And so that's the biggest thing for me is that it, they, you don't have to explain the difference because, you know, things like this, they see that they're exactly like everyone else and they have their own opportunities. So, um, yeah. I, I always, or rather they're not like everyone else, but that's yeah. amazing and beautiful yeah. and and valuable. I mean, can you imagine if we were all the same? How boring. And nothing would ever change. Like, how awful. How boring. Like, I love the beauty. I think we forget, especially from an HR and workforce standpoint, we view diversity as um, uh, uh, check the box. Do we have a diverse workforce? Have we created a diverse hiring process? Have we? And we forget why. We forget why. When you invite diversity into the workforce, your business will perform better. Diversity of thought, lived experiences, input, perspective. There's incredible value there. Forget dignifying people. That's like a benefit in and of itself. But there's incredible business value to welcoming a wide array of perspectives and, and again, lived experiences and levels of ability and ways to contribute. Um, it's incredibly valuable. And we forget like that, like that should probably be why, <laughs> not just to say, oh, diverse workforce, diversity candidate, great, check a box. Lindsay, have you had other situations where you've been in, you know, talked to kids about this? Yeah, so I would say there's sort of two, two stories that come to my mind. So one is that like kids in the shop, it's pretty cool. We get a lot of families who will bring their kids in um, and their kids who have Down syndrome, who have autism, who have some sort of disability to sort of say like, you are important too. And here's what a future can look like for you. And like for the kids, for the parents, I think it's such an awesome and welcoming experience to just mm -hmm. say like, 
you know, it's a, it's a physical manifestation of like, I can see myself and people like me in a space in a community where I belong. And I think that that's so important. And then sort of similarly to perhaps Kyle, your experience with like your kids who may be neurotypical. I mean, yeah, you can say to them like a five-year-old, yeah, so these, a lot of these employees are neurodiverse. They've got intellectual and developmental disabilities. This person has Down syndrome. That's going to mean nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but for kids, they see other people as who they are. And that was my experience. That's, you know, my connection to this world was when I was in third grade, I switched schools. I didn't know anyone in the new classroom. And those three girls that I became friends with each had a different disability, but we became friends because we all liked the color purple, right? There's not much to it that builds a friendship back in like when you're young. And then once that friendship is built, you know, you realize that there's so much genuine appreciation for one another there because you see that person for who they are. And when you can introduce that to kids, they're going to grow up with it and carry that with them. You make Jason cry. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Jess, are you sorry about that? Um, oh, look at Andrew's comment. I said it and he quantified it, of course, because he's the data person. Organizations that engage individuals with disclosed disabilities. Again, this is coming from talk data to me. Hashtag talk data to me. <laughs> Thank you for sharing this, Andrew. Uh, have higher occupancy of roles, longer than average tenure per position, and fewer vacancies per manager. That's loyalty. That is loyalty, what he's talking about. When you engage, it's just yet another reason. I mean, there's so many reasons to consider all people of all abilities and give them a, an environment where they can thrive, yet another reason to do that. It's good for your business. Absolutely. So, so Lindsay, in a world where hate gets way too much press, I'll just leave it at that, media, press, et cetera, et cetera, um, what keeps you going? Mm. Like, what keeps you going? Because, you know, there's, 99,000 reasons to stop, right? Like what are the things deep down inside that besides coffee and besides the cute swag and all that stuff, like what, what keeps you going? I think a big thing is just like believing in the better, right? Like there's, yeah, there's some bad things, but there's a lot of good and there's stuff that's okay, but that means there's room for improvement. And I think when you, when you see like that little space of, for the better, and especially when you can recognize steps that you can take to start manifesting that. Like, you know, I like to say, if you wanna make things better, go make a better thing. And I'm mm. fortunate that I've had some success with that and I've seen the traction. And so I believe that we can keep going. Oh, Lindsay, do you still do speaking? Uh, you have a great website, by the way. There's the 321 website, but you have a website because you've been asked to speak a lot on on what we've been talking about today. Is that still, I mean, speaking was kind of weird over the last year. Is that still um, something that you're doing to help spread the message? Yeah, yeah. And I'm really, I've really enjoyed like being able to have the platform to just share a lot of these sentiments and get in front of an audience and hopefully open some people's minds and change perspectives. So at conferences, to organizations, a lot of DEI, ERGs within companies, I've loved having the opportunity to engage with them, start, you know, just begin the conversation, right? Like it's, that's what so much of this is to just start saying, what can you do in your role to make that impact? And 
you know, maybe I've got an idea, maybe I know someone that I can connect you with. And so when you form that conversation, whether it's virtual, whether it's in person, I see so much benefit come out of that. I forgot. Thank you for reminding me, Mark. You just did a TED Talk. Your first TED I Talk. I did. <laughs> oh my God, how did it go? Congratulations. It was, cool. it was really cool. So it was um, unfortunately recorded in front of nobody, um, <laughs> but it was released uh, TEDx. So it was a through NC State. So TEDx NC State just did a watch party, which was really fun to see like it come together. Um, and I got to do a live Q&A with that. And so it'll be going onto the TED YouTube, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. They said end of June, beginning of July. So. Um, oh, definitely follow me on LinkedIn, follow 3-2 on Coffee. We'll, we'll share it as soon as it comes out. Awesome. Incredible. So um, just one more question I have for you, um, Lindsay, is so when you look at, so you, I mean, you go to Starbucks, right? Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, not anymore. Not maybe, but eventually, I mean, you did, right? Or, or yeah. pick your coffee. Like, what this the whole world of experience is so key yeah you know and we talk about you know customer experience and workforce experience and designing for the customer you know et cetera et cetera et cetera like how much like how do you how out of place do you feel in a not in, in one of those other places because for me like like i said i feel like a stupid idiot with this starbucks thing here um <laughs> But like, do you feel out of place? Like what, yeah, I just love, or do you, have you ever employees that have come from another place to yours and said, wow, this is, feels completely different. Like, I'd love just real story about that. Yeah. So I've got, I've got one that was really impactful for me personally. So when we were first starting three, two, one, um, like I said, started at freshman year and you guys were talking like true college bootstrap. It was folding tables. It was Starbucks coffee. You know, my dorm room was our storage unit for all of our cups and lids. Like it was really scrappy. And everyone um, at these beginning couple events just volunteered with us as we got, you know, got ourselves off the ground. And there was one girl in particular named Emma who stayed whenever we had a new event. She was signing up, signing up, signing up. And I knew Emma had a job at Food Lion um, and she had been there for multiple years. And so I was sort of surprised that she kept signing up and picking up extra shifts at 321 because I was sort of like, well, if maybe if you've got extra time, like you could pick up an extra shift at Food Lion and that would get you paid. Um, and so I asked her at one point sort of why is that? And she said, all I do at Food Lion is get to clean bathrooms. Whereas at 321, it was that community. It was something that was meaningful and she was really doing things. She was working the cash register. She is talking with customers. She was making the drinks. And that was really important. And I think that that just demonstrates not only is it employment, but it's meaningful employment and it's community. When we recorded our podcast, Lindsay, I shared with you that I have an uncle, a very dear uncle. We all love Uncle Terry uh, in our family. And he has special needs. And he lived with my grandparents until he was I don't probably 60 and then they got too old to care for him and they're gone now and he went into an assisted living facility he's never had a paying job in his life uh he is high functioning so social full, like huge heart big love big energy and the first thing he did when he moved into his new home uh was ask for a job and what he means is what can i do how can i help 
use me. Like he just wants to be valuable. He wants to spend time with people. He wants to put his hands to work. Like that's the first thing he asked, give me a job. They let him plant all the flower beds. They gave him various tasks. They upgraded his room, his payment. Like they just made that's it cool. work. And the first thing he wanted was put me to work, make me feel useful, make me feel important and special and valuable. That is the dignity of work. I mean, it's like, same as your story. That's, that's the dignity that we can offer people. Absolutely. So Kyle, thanks for joining. I'm going to take you off the yeah. screen. I appreciate thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for. Thank for you, Kyle, for, for repping. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. And Jess, thank you so much for bringing Lindsay to, um, to this. Um, and I, like you said, Mark for, you know, making the recommendation. Um, because I think that in the world that we live now, you know, th there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, a, there's a lot of change, B, and we're all trying to figure out what the next looks like, you know, what that next looks like. And I think Lindsay's done a, a great job of that um, in giving us kind of a, a view of yeah. what that might look like. Yeah, hope. I mean, that's the word that I am thinking of right now, like such great big hope for what we can do, what we can, well, like literally what we can do together. So Lindsay, I always do this really corny thing, just so you know, and it's going to be like a dad joke kind of thing. So sorry about it. But, you know, like play some song that uh, represents something as we kind of close out here. And I was going to do like everybody's working for the weekend. Like I was all teed up, <laughs> you know, all because Jess made fun of the fact I was wearing shorts today. <laughs> but I kind of changed my song to this. That's kind of what you did to me today. Um, I hope that uh, I hope you continue to uh, to shine light on everyone that you get an opportunity to uh, share that story with, and uh, all the best success going forward. Thank you, thank you both and everyone just for the kind words and the endless support. It, I mean, we've been successful because we've had people choosing to come out to buy coffee, order online, bring it to their offices. That's that's why this has worked. So thank you guys for believing in what we're doing and believing in our team. And um, you guys have seemed to have just an awesome community. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Um, I would definitely love to keep the conversation going with you all just around DE&I, around potential collaborations for 321, you know, the co-branded coffee, the wholesale. Please reach out to me. I'll drop my email in the chat in a second. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. And we'd uh, love for you all yeah. to follow us on social media and just keep a part of our journey. Yes, absolutely. And we'll make sure we pull your TED Talk in when it's made public. Congratulations on everything. And Lindsay, we're already working on the co-brand of coffee. My Slack's been going behind the scenes already to our yes. people. So, I love uh, it, we're ready for it. Sophia will be in touch. You're gonna be in our swag <laughs> store soon. <laughs>
Awesome. Thank you guys. Uh, Great weekend. Thank you, everybody. Love you guys.